Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hey, welcome to Dadtastic, a podcast about two dads. One of us will call you back in five minutes if we tell you we will. The other one's Tom. I'm really bad. I mean, almost every time I called you this weekend. Hey, I'll call you back in five minutes. The, the weekend, you got to understand, the weekend for me is my time. Because I... Wait, I wait, wait, your time? To, to just not be by my phone. And even if I'm by my phone, there's a good chance I won't answer. What if I needed something? What if it was Text important? Text me. You did. You texted me back, and you said, I'll call you back in five minutes. And I called you. went straight and to voicemail. And that was two days ago. No, I went straight to voicemail. I called you back. No, you did not. I sw- No, you did not. You want to bet? Yeah, you didn't. You, I'll I- prove it to you right now. I was at Costco. You were at Costco. The reason I couldn't answer was because I was in the car with my wife, little and yeah. bubbles in the back, and I we had uh, my niece and nephew in the back seat, and we were bumping the music, and I wasn't even the one that hung up on you. Kate was. Ooh. I was driving. She reached over, clicked the hung up button. I said, Casey's been trying to call me now this entire weekend. The least you could do is let me answer and tell him, hey, this is the situation. She didn't care. Our, Lord and, our Lord and Savior, Kate, just sent me to voicemail? Yeah. Look. Okay. Outgoing call, three seconds, one fourteen. I tried. Okay. Okay. Well, my bad. Why did it go straight to voicemail? You blocked my number? Well, I was probably doing something with my kids important. I wasn't at Costco, you know, spending $300. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Quickly. Uh, yesterday at Costco was the first time I left the building mm-hmm. and said, I think I got my money's worth today. Ooh, why? Did they have samples back? Are samples back? No. Oh, that's how I get my money. I'll do a couple laps around that building. You just eat lunch. Yeah. That's free. Yeah. I'm getting some money back. The Costco owes me. No, because like normally uh, normally I go there. I don't know what you do, but normally I'd go there and I'd buy a bunch of stuff and then I'd leave and I'd be like, wow, how on earth was that $350? Right. Or even like the, the other weekend I went there and it was like 150 bucks, but I'm like, I got, I, I feel I got like peanut I butter and toilet paper. Yeah, I feel like I didn't get anything and it's 150 bucks. But yesterday I went there and I was expecting the damage to be way worse and it wasn't. So that's cool. Yeah. You know, I think the, 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 the key to the Costco is you got to go in with a mission plan. You need to go in with what you need to get. So, I, I mean, I'm talking about writing out a list, saying, okay, this is what we're planning for the month. Uh, Leslie is really good at that. Mm. I'm not so much. I'm a very impulsive buyer when it comes in there. It's like, oh, wait, granola snacks? I'm loving it. Yeah. And so you got a lot of stuff. I felt, well, here's the deal. So we, we have to buy formula. Mm. So we get three things of formula. That's 35 bucks a pop. Right. What's that? Seventy. That's like a hundred and five bucks just in formula. Mm-hmm. And then we got a, a big thing of diapers. He's in his. Uh, he's good. And so that that that's like another thirty bucks. So what? One hundred and five. That's one hundred and thirty-five bucks just in that. And I feel like we got a fair few other things, and it was two hundred and seventeen dollars. Oh, that's a good day. That's not bad. I was because I was I was only expecting it worse. So yesterday was a good day. 
So you went to the Costco this I weekend. I went on a daddy-daughter date with uh, with my daughter. Killed that. Yeah. So Fred, Ow, sorry that, about that ring. Can, yeah, what got, is up with that? It's got a big ring. My dad gave it to me. There's a story about this, and we'll talk about it sometime. But uh, so my oldest daughter is on the drill team, and it was homecoming. Dave Stotts. Yep. And so with the COVID, you can only get two tickets. I've got three kids. Presents a problem. So I called my ex-wife. I said, hey, do you mind – keeping our son, and I'll take Frankie, and we'll go see Presley dance. So she goes, yeah, I think that'll be good, because I think it's important to get that one-on-one time with your kids when you've got three. Yes, I agree. So I was like, hey, Frankie, do you want to go on a date? And she was just me and you, Dad? And I was like, yeah, let's just go. She goes, okay. And she was excited. My ex-wife called me and goes, hey, Frankie's been excited about the date all day long. She's worried about what she's going to wear. She's doing her hair. And I was like, cool. So I, I, I treated it like a normal date. I pick her up at her mom's house. We get in the car. She's like, Dad, where do you want to go? And I go, you pick. What do you want to eat? She goes, well, I could do this, this, and this. And so we ended up at P.F. Chang's. You ever been to P.F. Chang's? I have. Oh, the lettuce wraps are to die for. Yeah, you, yes. Yeah, so we went to P.F. Chang's, took some pictures, and she and I said, they, they go, hey, do you want a kid's menu? And she goes, yeah. And I go, you know, honey, you don't have to order from the kid's menu. You can get whatever you want. You know, this is a date. Is she a picky eater? No, not really. She's pretty adventurous. She is. But I don't think – I think she's at that weird age. Uh, she's going to be 13 coming up. And so she's not a teen yet. They, they call it tween. But she doesn't – you know, she wanted the crayon so she could draw. But she wanted to order off the big menu. So I was like, cool, you can order off the big menu. So she got this big bowl of ramen. And, and she goes, oh, shrimp's $2 extra. I go, it's okay. Get the Daddy's shrimp. got it. Get the shrimp. So she got the shrimp. And I put a photo on my Instagram, and she just had this big smile. And it, it was cool. And then we went to the football game, and it was a wonderful game. Didn't Amen- Davis lose? Yeah. And, and it was heartbreaking. Their first loss of the year. Yeah. And they were up 14 with 228 left. And my daughter was like, Dad, we're going to win. I go, I feel good about it. <laughs> they <laughs> we, came back and lost. Yeah, they lost. And wow. it wasn't good. But at one point during the football game, Frankie goes, Dad, are they going to get a home run? I go, that'd be cool. Wrong sport. (laughs) So then I spent the rest of the game just kind of explaining the rules, which I'm probably not the best to explain the rules. But it was fun, and it was a good time. So I guess my dad tip of the day, if you've got more than one kid, even if you've got one kid, that alone, one-on-one time, is very important. Get out there and enjoy it and do it. Valuable time. Hey, you got a text uh, why last week, and uh, can, I re- I, can I read you this text? Yeah, because I this is this is amazing. Um, I'm just gonna pull it up real quick. Here it is. Because being on this podcast and being somewhat in public uh, light, uh, we get some weird requests and we get some comments and some and stuff said about us that normally would take you back. But you got this. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah so I, I, lately uh, on Facebook, I, I kind of just accept anybody that follows me. Yeah, uh, because it's kind of part of my job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, the the bigger my audience, the better I am at, at what I do. So it basically becomes your currency. Sure. And so this 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 fella, um, and I won't name drop him because that's not uh, my place. But um, he added me, and then minutes later, he sent me this note that I saw a few hours after the fact. But it it reads, uh, "quote Hey man, hope you're staying safe and doing well out there." I was hoping to ask you something extremely random. I'm pretty sure I already know the answer, but it never hurts to ask. If you had no financial or legal obligations, would you ever consider helping a couple get pregnant? You'd get paid and paperwork to protect everyone. You're a great-looking guy, and my good friends are needing help. So it never hurts asking. You get 5K and protected legally so nothing bites you in the butt down the road. Are you open to texting them and getting more information since they can answer your questions better than I can? They are in Salt Lake City, too. So 
<clears throat> I guess, do we know the answer? I haven't responded. Okay, oh. so I need to. Yeah, fact, probably. Why don't I do it right now? Yeah, do it right now. But before you respond, <clears throat> did you talk to the Lord and Savior Kate about this? I did. And, and what was her thoughts? Uh, at first, she wasn't happy. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. At first, she wasn't happy. I said, hold on, but chill out. They think I'm handsome. They think I'm a good-looking dude. Right? If anything, we take this as a compliment and and uh, and we just roll with it. But I mean, they probably have seen the pictures of Bubbles. And uh, I'm, I'm, I've got three kids, and my kids are beautiful. But Bubbles is a good-looking baby. He's not a bad-looking rooster, is he? Yeah. He looks just like his mom. So they're fools. They should have gone after her. Her. But I don't think it works that way. I don't either. Uh, anyway, so I tell Kate, and she goes, hold on a second. They want your... Yeah. We were trying to keep the body bodily fluids comments to a minimum on this podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but yeah. they want your you know what? Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "No, no, no, no. They're not a, that that's mine." Yeah. Kate said that's mine. Uh-huh. And I'm like, "No, no, it's yours." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not No, I'm not doing this. No, no, no. Like I just think it's kind of funny that they're asking. Uh-huh. And by the way, 5 grand? Let's bump that up real quick, can we? Huh? You want the best of what I got? And it's five grand? You're out of your mind. What what number would make you scratch your head and think about 20. it? Twenty. Twenty grand. Twenty, I'd go, okay, maybe I could probably work something out. Okay. So let's 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 get your phone back out. Oh yeah, let's reply. Let, let's reply. All right. And say I think you need to start out with a compliment. Okay, th- you and Kate think similarly. Yeah, you know, like, hey. Appreciate the compliment. Or is that a little uh, no, no, excessive? Great. No, I'd say appreciate the compliment. Hey, bleep, because I'm not going to name drop him. Yeah. Appreciate the compliment. I wonder if he responds while we're recording. That'd that. be great. That'd be great podcasting, wouldn't it? <clears throat> Should I say 5K ain't going to cut it? No, just no, right no, off no, the bat? no, 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 no. Don't even talk about money. The, the producer, our Josh son. Josh says yes. No, like, no, don't what even have I got to lose? I'm not going to do it. One, two, what if he says 20K? Uh, and I go, ooh. No, I, no I, I think you just go, I appreciate the compliment. I had talked to the missus. <clears> and although we are extremely flattered, we're going to have to pass on this opportunity. Josh, why are you laughing? <laughs> okay. I hope the couple finds a suitable suitor. See what I did there? <laughs> yeah, I did. Alliteration is fun. Yeah. Much love. Much love, Tom. Yeah. I'm all about sharing the love these yeah. days, by the way. Like I I'm I'm like Yeah, I'll you're, say I mean you're really not sharing your love, but you, you want to share love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, that's funny. I could I couldn't believe I got that text. That's pretty awesome. I got a text. I know you did. Yours is pretty funny too. Okay, let me see if I can. I don't know if yours as funny. Like you didn't ask to you know what in like a yeah. little count. Yeah, yeah anyway, I got you. Sorry, so my text I got today. Today? Well not today. Hey, it's been a long time. I like what you're doing with sobriety and the project recovery. Where are you going to go with this project? I asked, then I spent the last five years in prison over a financial crime, and I think depending on the direction you're going, we should sit down and talk. (laughs) This donkey has decided that he wants to talk to Casey about project recovery, his other podcast. Yeah. Um, 
But why would you? Why would you suggest? Or why would you even bring up the fact that you've been in prison for financial reasons? Well, because I think I run an honest program, and you know, if I've learned anything through this recovery process, is that just being honest with what's going on is okay. So I did respond. You're a good bloke, and because I know this guy, he's a good guy, and I'm not going to mention names either. But I go, hey, brother. Hope you're doing well. Great to hear from you. What direction are you thinking? And he just responds with kind of what his situation is. So I'm going to breakfast with him later this week. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to talk you into something. I don't, I'm not, he can't talk me into something. I'm the master of my own domain. I get to say what I want to do and what I don't do. You know? So I'm going to go there. I'm going to hear him out. That's the difference between, yeah, you know? I'm going to hear him out. Good for you, man. Yeah. Yeah. You don't well, think best of yeah, well, I'm probably going to have to pay for breakfast. Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. He's been in prison for five years. It's the least you could do. Um, yeah, and, and plus I want to see how he's doing. You know, because that's, that's kind of – you know, I think you just said it. The world needs more love right now. So I, I've, been, I've been saying love you or love you or much love, whatever it is, like a lot lately. Because I think the world needs love. Love, empathy, and compassion. Yes. Those three things are really needed right now. I spend a lot of time on social because as we talked right now, it's my currency. You know, it's how I connect with people. It's how I, you know, find jobs. It's, it, it, it's kind of my world. But if you look on Facebook and Instagram and all the social, it is littered with negativity. Yeah, you have to be very, very careful, mm-hmm. don't you, with when you're scrolling through what you stop on, what you don't. And there's a lot of stuff I've noticed that will will try to ruin your day, you know. And but and designed to ruin your day. I mean, people, some designed, some not. Oh yeah. Some just opinion. Some you see some opinion from people, and you're like, I I really hope that they don't truly believe that. Right. But they probably do, and that's unfortunate. So yeah, I, Facebook's dangerous. You got to be careful. It's way dangerous. I think if you spend too much time on it mentally, you'll suffer. But there are a lot of people suffering right now, Case, man. And, and that's what we want this podcast to be designed for, is to give you a little break. You know, just to, like we say, you give us an hour, we'll give you a smile. And we promise to do it every week. Yeah. Tell your friends, tell your buddies, Dadtastic is the podcast where we're not going to really talk politics. You know, we might talk about, you know, dad stuff. <laughs> I go because I was. What were you about to say? I was talking about, about you fathering kids, but I didn't. I know I'm trying to keep the bodily fluids to a minimum. What do you? Oh, you know what I mean. So I mean that was a little uncomfortable, right? Well, I didn't quite understand because I I've never been put in that position. So how I didn't know how that process, like I, how they were going to get it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know how they were going to get it. And obviously, I know one way. That, <laughs> but I have a child, so I, I understand how. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm married. You so understand the mechanics. Yeah. And I have a ring, and I'm married, and I'm loyal to that Lord and Savior we call Kate. Uh-huh. I call Kate. And, and so my immediate thought was like, I can't. How, what, what are you talking about? Like, how do you expect me to get that over to you? Anyway, it was funny. But um, wait, hold on. Let me just call Leslie real quick. I'm gonna see if he's responded. Because I'm gonna see if, what she would say about that. <clears throat> what if you got that text? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a dangerous call. It could be a good call. Really good. Really good either way. To be honest, I think her first question is going to be how much money. 
And I'd love her for that. You She's know, not going to answer. No. I don't know. We'll try again. Hey, you're listening to Dadtastic, a podcast about two dads. Stick around. More Dadtastic on the way. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to Dadtastic. I'm Casey Scott. I'm Tom Hackett. Okay, so Leslie, during the break, just called me back. I didn't give her any insight of what we're going to do. I said, we're just going to call her back. I told her to answer her phone. So let's see what happens here. Once again, well, I, well, obviously, we're talking about yeah. the, the message I received. Yeah. Hey. hey, Leslie, you're on this uh, podcast. Please don't swear. Okay. Hey, so I just want to ask you a question because on the first segment, Tom read a text message that he got where someone inquired that uh, they wanted to know for $5,000 and no legal responsibility, would he help this couple have a baby and use his stuff? Do you know what I mean? Okay. Um. Would that be okay if I stepped in for Tom? <laughs> that would be fine. Are you sure? Yeah, why not? Well, there's $5,000 to go along with it. That's right. And for people that can't. So you're okay I with mean, that? I mean, as long as you disclose that it's you and not Tom. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to do an old bait and switch? <laughs> Like in 20 years, they go, this kid has no athletic ability. <laughs> Are you sure this is Tom's? Or sense of style, for that matter. Sense of style. She ends with the zinger. I love you. I got to go. See, she likes my style. I don't she know. likes my style. Oh, that was unfortunate. I didn't see the phone call going that way at all. <laughs> we talk about this almost every week. I, I walk in and you go. You've what got a wrinkled black shirt. You've got short shorts. You've got a hat that looks like you won for 75 cents using one of those big metal claws that come down and pick <laughs> it up. Your hair is all rattly. Your beard is scruffy. I didn't even shower today. That's And you're bragging. Because I'm getting compliments, baby. <laughs> hey, you said something off air that I thought we should bring to the podcast. You said, I, and I love it when you say this. You, at least I figured once, it out. Once a day you go. You know what Americans can't do? And I go, okay, here it goes. What can Americans do, Tom? I, okay, can we not do that? Because I don't do that once a day. Oh, I'm sure you do. No, I really don't. Because here's the deal. Uh, what America's given me <clears throat> is more than what Australia's given me. You know what I mean? Like, it's set me up. And so forever I'll be grateful for America. Like, I love the country with everything I have. And I appreciate all of it that comes with the, the, the package. But, um... There's some things that kind of... Well, yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm, but I'm sure. But the thing, I, I like your perspective because I really do like your perspective. And, and I think it brings a different perspective to America that we don't really see. Like the thing you were talking about last week, that uh, how we call ourselves world champs at everything. Although, although the world doesn't compete in it. You probably never thought about that I before. never thought of it that yeah, way. exactly. And ignorant so, Americans. <laughs> see, you should have stopped before you said the ignorant Americans part. Do you think people get angry? <laughs> no. But I... I and I know you do it tongue-in-cheek and yes, you're just jesting. 
I do also want to add that there are issues I have with Australia as well, because I have to be careful because I am a foreigner and I know uh, people in America are very patriotic, mm-hmm. more so than what Australians are about their own country. So I do have to tread a light line, um, uh, and I do want to say that there are, there are issues I have with Australia, just like I do have with America, and if I live with an, in another country, I'm sure I'd find a way to have an issue or two with that country as well. But I think I figured it out. Okay, what? Americans do not know how to disagree. What do you mean? They just, you guys don't know how to disagree. Like, like, if your opinion is different to somebody else's opinion, you cannot comprehend how to manage that other person's opinion. I can, yeah, I can see that. Like sports talk radio, for example. Give it to With, me. Without going into politics, because I know that's where everybody's heads are gone. And we can go there if we want, but we don't have to. Uh, sports talk radio. In America, sports talk radio... On the national scene, right? So, like, the ESPNs. Mm-hmm. So, think of Stephen A. Smith and whoever he does it with. All they do is shout at each other. Like, one person will have an opinion on a certain player, a certain team, certain league, whatever. And then the other person will find a way to disagree. And then, instead of talking to each other about why they differ on that, that opinion and then moving on mm-hmm. smoothly, it's a shouting contest. Yeah, but I think that... And they shout over each other. But I think it's somewhat by design. Uh, You know, I've been in the TV and radio industry for the past 25 years. And when you're formulating a talk show or a TV show, you want to have certain personalities. It's just like when you go back to the old show called Real World. And, 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 and the reality TV. You want somebody that's going to stir it up. Right. You want someone to be the voice of reason. And, and so you, you put all these people in there in kind of a powder keg and just hope for it to explode because it's just chaos. And that grabs people's attention and that's what gets people watching and listening. And I think you're right, though. I think we, we're smarter now as a, as a country, as yes. a community. Yes. And we are, I think, more up to and willing to listen to people's point of view and to a certain point, And then it just becomes... Spoils. Yeah. So, like, the, ma- the whole mask conversation has fascinated me. Yo, yeah. I mean, really, it has fascinated me. And I have my opinion and other people's had theirs, but just the concept surrounding the mask mandate or whatever, you know, like, because here's, here's how Australia works. Just to give you guys a little bit of insight as to how Australia goes. Australia and the state I'm from, Victoria, uh, which is basically Melbourne. I'm sure people have heard of the city Melbourne. Uh, that's in the state of Victoria. And... um uh, they have been in lockdown this year longer than Wuhan, China. Really? Yes. The 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 epicenter or the beginning of this coronavirus. So, they the, in Australia there are experts, and I'm I'm briefing this by the way, and there are like medical experts that suggest, and the government will then listen to the experts and kind of pass the message on to the rest of the community, rest of the nation. And then the, 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 the vast majority of people follow the guidelines that are in place by the government. And the reason that is is because the, the medical experts are the ones giving the advice to the government. The governments are essentially the, the messenger. Mm-hmm. In America, that doesn't happen. In America, the medical experts, Dr. Fauci or uh, Angela Dunn here in Utah, whoever it is, gives advice to the government. And the government kind of makes up their own way and, and tells the people. And then the people decide, I like it or I don't like it. The masks is a great example of it. The, the, the virus, uh, and this is where it gets interesting, right? Okay. 
Yeah, you like this, huh? Yeah. yeah. So the virus itself, uh, it, it's proven that masks work. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's. I don't think people are going to get upset at me saying that, right? Okay. And if I say something that you think people, please intrude. No, because I, I am not trying to piss anybody off. No, I, and I, and I think this is just a good conversation. And this goes back to your point to have a disagreement. I'm willing to hear what you have to say. Yes, I will rebut and tell you what I have to say. Yes, and then at the end of the day, I'm still going to like you, and I'm still going to hang yes. out with you, and I respect your opinion. But it's just that it's your opinion. I'm not going to get angry if you don't buy into my hype and my side of the right. story. I wonder if me coming from another country has a certain effect on... Because if I have an opinion that differs from an American's, they Mm -hmm. go, oh, well, he's just from Australia. He thinks differently. But if an American has a different opinion to an American, they go, well, hold on a second. So what what on earth are you thinking? You know, and then there's this back and forth. I wonder if me being from Australia gets me away, allows me to get away with more. Anyway, the masks. The masks have proven to work with the virus, and if you wear a mask, the spread of the virus isn't as deadly. Supposedly, right? And yeah. I think the, the entire world, not just America, the entire world agrees on that. Okay. But here we are in America, where the virus is pretty bad still. Yeah. You know, and We're it, having some spikes right now. We are. Yeah, things are going crazy. Yeah, it's a, it's a little out of control. Yeah. And there are people that refuse to wear a mask, still. And I have a really hard time understanding the method behind that madness. And I, here's where I can get, I can get myself in trouble. Okay. People will say that it, um, it's a violation of their constitutional rights. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's an I mean, argument I mean, I've heard. Yeah, I don't know okay. how many people out there really, but yeah. there are people out there that say, that's a violation of my constitutional rights. But correct me if I'm wrong, Case. Uh, another violation of somebody else's constitutional rights would be somebody not wearing the mask and putting that person at risk. I can see your point. Right? Yeah. Okay. So I just can't quite wrap my head around why we don't, Mandate masks. Okay. I, and, and look, I'm not – I can see both sides of it. And all I can do is control what I do. And so I can just do me the best possible way I can. And I can't get mad at you. I mean, I could, but at the end of the day, what's it going to do? Exactly. And, 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 and if people disagree with my take, I'm, I'm open – to talking, I'm open to hearing what you have to say, and I can agree or I can disagree, but it doesn't mean we have to get into a shouting match and, I, and then we need to threaten each other over Facebook, which and is I what think, you see almost every day you go on Facebook. And I think that's what it comes down to it, is that you know, it, it's, it's hard to listen when everybody's shouting, and right now the whole world is shouting. And I think what we need is a little more love, a little more compassion, a little more empathy. But when you don't get your way, it it reminds me of a toddler. Like, I'm going to take my ball and go back. You know, if you guys are going to play my way, then I'm going to take my ball and I'm going to leave. I'm not sharing. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and I think we need to listen and be more open. And I know this virus has been deadly. We have lost a lot of people. And the economy's down, and it is a tinderbox right now for America. It is, it's a bizarre time. We are living in banana times. I wonder what the history books are going to look like in 20 years. And we're here living it and watching it and seeing it. And all I can do is hope that we are more compassionate, yes. more loving, and show a little empathy. Yes, I, I, I agree. The bubbles will be learning about this time when he's older in, in school. So he just will be. So we so we listened to your mask tirade, which was a good one. I liked it, bro. Have you ever heard a surgeon complain about wearing a mask in surgery? 
Um, no. Yeah. But I want to go back to what you originally said. What's the best way to have a disagreement? You said you figured it out. Do you, can, can you help people? Yeah, you can help people. You, you, when you disagree with someone, it's good. it's good. I think you take it as a positive. It's almost like crying. I think the stigma behind shedding tears is mm-hmm. negative. But it shouldn't be. If you can cry, especially if you can cry in public, I think it's a show of strength. I, I agree with you. Last night, uh, my son woke me up. And this is a true story. Woke me up at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm laying in bed. He's shaking me. Dad, 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 I get up. You know, kind of just get aware of what's going on. He's standing there. He's got tissue and a bloody nose. And he's crying. What happened? He just got a bloody nose at night. And he tried to clean it up. So I go into the bathroom and it looked like a CSI scene. I mean, it was. I mean, it was blood all over the. Yeah, walls. it was not good. And so he's sitting there, and I go, "Hey, why didn't you wake me up?" He goes, "Well, Dad, because I, I, you were sleeping, and I was scared." And I go, "It's okay." I was like, "Hey, bloody nose has happened, buddy. You know what I mean? But just wake me up." And you know, he's trying to clean it up, and I was like, "No, no, just lay down on the ground, pinch your nose. Dad's got this. That's what dads do. That's in my job description, son. We're cool. I got this. You know, whatever time of the day." Yeah, you know, and he was crying, and he goes, "I just feel bad. I'm crying." I go, "Don't." ever feel bad for crying yeah i agree you know and and he goes but do you cry dad and i go yeah dads cry you know and but i grew up in a generation where and we talked about this with my daughter just yesterday and and this is not a slight on my dad but this was the generation right if we were crying it's a show of weakness my dad go are you crying yeah he goes over that and i go yeah he goes if you want something to cry about i'll give you something to cry about (laughs) my daughter goes Oh, Dad, that seems kind of harsh. And I go, yeah, but that's 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 how it was, that's what it was. And like. I'm not saying my dad didn't love me, and he's not the, my best friend. But I mean, I heard that multiple times. Yeah, growing no, up, same with me. You know, and I was, but I told my son, hey, look, if you want to cry, cry. Yeah, I'm with you, man. and I'll cry with you. Yeah, and it's okay. I think it is a you're a lot stronger person if you're able to cry. I am 100 percent with you, and I think disagreeing with someone. Would should grow you as a person as opposed to kind of take you back. But I, I think like you, you should be able to learn from other people's opinions. Say, but, sit back and say, oh, why would he think like that? Or she or whoever, you know? But yeah, I think you need to go into an argument with an understanding that you're there to learn, not to persuade. And there's so many people that go into an argument where my whole job is to get you to think the way that I think. And I think that's going to be sad if we all think the same because it's the disagreements, the individuality, and that that makes this country so great. It makes the world so special is every single person is different. Yes. And they think differently, and no individual has the same fingerprint as the other, and it's beautiful. We're all a bunch of snowflakes. We are. And I think if we disagree, <laughs> it's positive. I'm with you. Wow, that was that was kind of heavy, bro. So I didn't want to go there, but I was thinking, like, why is there so much hate in the world right now? Nah, it's a, it's ugly. It's and obviously the 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 political side of things with the uh, with, with with you know whatever you call it coming up, the voting and we call it an election. The election is what I was trying to say, <laughs> and uh, we do have them back home, by the way. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so I just I. I haven't voted in a while because I, have, I haven't been home. But did you know back home in Australia, it's mandatory you have to vote? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Everybody has to vote. And if you don't vote, you get fined. How much? Well, a couple hundred bucks, I think. Wow. So, so the last time I was home, there, were, it was an, there was an election going on and I had to vote. 
But because I'm out of the country and have been for so long, I haven't vo- had to vote since. So I haven't voted in years. It's got to be interesting for you to be here in America during these times. Do you call home? Do they just go, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, are you okay? I'm like, oh, I'm, gr- I'm fine. Trust me. I'm good. Yeah, I'm just kind of like trying to soak it in and be like, what, what is – how do I help? Like how do I – and I'm not going to fix it. You know, I understand I'm not going to fix all the problems. But how can you help people – Try and better themselves. But I think that's just a good way to go through life. Uh, You know, on the other podcast I do, Project Recovery, uh, I often say, this is what this is how I want my life to be. And I learned it from Boy Scouts. And Boy Scouts motto was when you went to a campground, when you left, you left it better than you got it. Right. So that's my whole goal in life is leaving it a little better than I got it. And I think for whatever's on the other side. I should be okay if I just left things a little better than I got it. Okay. I, I, I'm with you. I think that's what we need to do. We're going to uh, take a break here. You're listening to Dadtastic, a podcast about two dads. Hey, welcome back to Dadtastic. I'm Casey Scott. I'm Tom Hackett. Tom, let me ask you this. When you were growing up, young Tommy would race home from school, get his homework done, flip on the telly, and you were watching your favorite sitcom. Who was your favorite TV dad? Um. He actually lives in Salt Lake City. Really? Yeah. Oh, I know where you're going with this. And it, and, it, and it wasn't that I was young watching this show, you know, because this show, I still, I think still goes on today. I think it's in its last season right now. Is of, it? Yeah. We're you know who I'm going for? Phil Dunphy. Uh-huh. You like Phil Dunphy. I love Phil Dunphy for a few reasons. He's forgetful uh-huh. on the show I'm talking about. And I like that because I think dads are, for the most part, forgetful. Or at least they, they're... Um, or at least women like to tell dads that they're forgetful. Portray that we're forgetful. Yes. Uh, he's funny. I think that's maybe the biggest bonus. But do you think he's funny because he says funny things? Because on the show, it, it, I, I think he's funny because he's just authentic. Yes. You know, and a lot of times he's not trying to be funny. He's just being himself. And I think that's why it resonates so much with the audience. So you go, wow, th- that could be me. Yeah, no, I li- and that's what I love about him. Um, and I just think he's clever as well. And, and I don't know, he's somebody that I think a lot of dads relate to personally. And that's probably one of the reasons. He's one of the main reasons that show is and has been so successful. Well, I think everyone on that cast is so talented. Yeah. I mean, every character, the more you get into it. And, I, and at first I think he went, huh, I wonder how they're going to sustain this. But I think it's going into its 11th season, and it's just very popular, and everybody's just so great on it. Yeah, I agree. And then you could also go with, um, on the same show, uh, the, the, two, the two dads, the, the gay couple that, and I forget their names. So Cameron I and... They're so, they're great dads but, as well. But see, you're missing one of the fathers on there, the grandfather. Yes, the grandfather's a great dad too. But he was the original TV dad in my life. Oh, Ed O'Neill, he played uh, Al Bundy on Married with Children. Have you ever seen uh-uh. that? Oh, it was one of the best TV shows ever. I mean, it was really breaking for Fox when they first came out because this he wasn't the typical TV dad. He didn't always say the right things. He didn't always do the right things. He was a little bit selfish. He kind of, I mean, it, it, it was crazy because it gave a more realistic portrayal of TV dads. Because normally a TV dad can solve the world's problem in 30 minutes and still be able to fix the car and, and, and end the show. Uh, but he 
was just kind of muddling through world like we all are. And so I was really, I kind of, I liked it. Al Bundy, he was cool. He was cool. Uh, He's cool on Modern Family too. I think when you think about Modern Family, that all the dads on there are... Really fun to watch. Oh yeah, the the whole show was extremely. But there were some, you know, like Homer Simpson. Homer, you know. But there's sometimes that he's very endearing, and but it's just uh, this big lovable oaf, and and you just go. But sometimes that's what it feels like being a dad. Yeah, you know, like I remember my kids were like, I was like, hey, I don't know how to tell you this, but I don't have all the answers. <laughs> you know, I'm still trying to figure this out. I mean, I, I, I don't. And I think any dad who, I, you know, and once again, to go back to the older generation, the older generation, you were the dad. And I don't know how many times as a kid growing up, my parents told me because I said so. You know, yeah. they would say something and I go, but why? And they go, because I said so. That doesn't work on this younger generation. No. They have questions. And they, they need just, answers. They need answers. And if you're not willing to have this open conversation with them, sometimes somebody else is. Yeah. And, and you want to be careful about that. And, and that's what I – you know, I often give your generation some guff. That's yeah, an old do. person's term. Yeah. Uh, but I really admire the fact that they're more inquisitive. I tell my kids now, question everything. I think that's a good quality. And do your kids know that you don't have the answers to everything? Yes. And that's fine. Yeah. See, 20 years ago, you would have probably been heartbroken that your kids didn't know, you know, that your kids knew that you didn't have all the answers. But we have this, we live in this wonderful time now where my kids go, hey, do you know this? And normally, you know, 20 years ago, the dad would have said something that made no sense and the kids went, oh, okay. But I go, no, I don't know the answer. But I know where we can find it. Let's do it together. Yeah. And so I take these as learning experiences. I mean, with the wonderful Google uh, and, you know. The Google. The Google. We've got all this stuff at our disposal. And, and I go, okay, let's go find out. I love that. You know, let's, let's see what we can do. Yeah. I, like, and I, I must admit, I'm quite nervous uh, because you hear stories about, especially like during the pandemic, it's kind of uh, exposed this. Um, kids have homework. Mm-hmm. You know, and you've heard, you've heard, and you will continue to hear. I imagine uh, these stories of dads and moms and grandparents or whoever's helping the child with their fifth grade math homework. Oh, because they got and, this new math. It's called core math. Is uh, you know about uh, it? Oh, I've done it. I, I, my daughter had her homework, and I, I'm okay at math. And so we did it. And I go, "This is how you get the answer." She goes, "That's not how my teacher said." I go, "Well, I don't know how they do it, but th- is that the right answer?" She goes, "Yeah, Dad." I go. Then that's it. And they go, no, that's not how we're supposed to do it. And I was like, well, then what am I doing here? This is no good. But there are a lot of dads and moms out there. They don't know how to get the answer. Well, you got the internet. You've got <laughs> tutors. Cheat. No, no, don't sorry, don't sorry. Cheat. That's no, bad dad advice. No, no. But oh. I think I think you are cheating your kids if you act like you know all the answers all the time. I agree. Yeah, no, I, I think. I think that's neat about this generation yeah. and where we're at at the minute is because it, it would be impossible for everybody to know every answer, especially, and you talk about this a ton. Now, Bubbles is seven months, so he's not nearly here yet, but Bowden, Frankie, Presley, they're on their phones the whole time watching the YouTube or whatever it is they're doing, and they have questions that kids have never had before. I was like, whoa, <laughs> where, where, did, where did you come up with that one, Dad? <laughs> 
And I was like, ah, Bowden, you you amaze me. And Frankie, and and they are so smart and they're so worldly. And 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 I do think that this device is yes. wonderful. The phone, it, it's amazing, but it's also a curse. Yes, because you said it right there. A lot of times, my kids will all be in the same room and everybody on a device. So we had. Um a niece and nephew stay with us over the weekend. Oh, you got a taste. Yes. And I was nervous because they're teenagers, like uh-huh. 18 and 16. Okay. You know, and... Um, Did you think you were just going to wow them with your coolness? Like, hey, I'm on TV, a couple podcasts. I was... Uh, no, but you know what I was going to say? I, I, it was uh, when they came into the home, I had this whole plan set up. Uh-huh. I was like, I'm going to sit them down. Oh. And we're going to talk. And I say, hey, this is our house. And these are our rules. Because... And they have rules at their house, but they have uh, – my, my sister-in-law has five kids, and she spent a handful of years – she's now married again, but she spent a handful of years divorced and single and working. And so if, during those times, I wasn't, I wasn't at the home, obviously, the entire time, but you, you got a pretty good sense that it was just somewhat organized chaos, and yeah. she was just – trying to survive, as anyone in her position would. I think there's a lot of people out there right now doing the exact same thing. Exactly. Trying to provide a a living and an income, but also house five children and 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 uh, and like you know the the, inmates are running the asylum the youngest is like five the oldest is like 15 this was back when she was single now that's you know 18 and eight or whatever but um it's hard it's hard to do and so when but i think when when they came to my house my wife and i's house i was like all right here are the rules we don't have we don't have security on our internet okay and so you like that was my first thought was oh then you let them know you don't have any i would have just lied to them well i yeah i so you know what we did what we said hey in this house phones stay up in the kitchen at night time pretty aggressive how'd that go over they did it i said look because here's the deal otherwise you'll stay up till two three o'clock in the morning on your phone doing whatever you do you know like and you'll be grumpy the next day and I don't want a grumpy kid. No, and I'm not going to sit here and just have you, you know, sass us around the entire time. We're going to have fun. And we're going to do things. And we're going to be energetic. And we're going to have a smile on our face. And <laughs> we're going to go to the Costco. And we're going to buy a hot dog when we get done. And uh, we're going to have a good time. And they did it. And, and it worked really well. But it, I, w- I must admit, I was incredibly nervous because Bubbles is seven months. Looking after a seven-month-old in comparison to a teenager, two completely different beasts. Well, yeah, the seventh month needs a lot more of your time. Uh, the, the older kids need more of your time, but they don't necessarily want more of your right. time. But you know what I noticed was, and this was not all that interesting, I guess, people, they were on their phones the whole time. Oh, yeah. And so we went on a walk Sunday evening, and, and I said, hey, phone's staying home. Ooh. Put your phones on the charger, let them charge so you don't have to charge them when we get home and, you know, nine o'clock hits, you don't have to be scrambling for a charger. You'll have, you'll have battery all night long. Yeah. You know, uh, but put your phones down and plug them in and we're going for a walk. And we went for a walk. We went just to the local park, threw the football around and had a great time. And they were, they were kind of running around and, you know, taking it all and we were talking and it was awesome. That's, I, you see, I... I, I do think the world needs a little less technology in that aspect. Yes. Uh, you know, and a lot of times, you know, when I'm with my kids, the, 
I rely too much on them entertaining themselves with those. And so I'm trying to figure out more ways to get them interactive right. and, and do stuff. But it takes a lot more work as a parent. Yeah. And, 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 and I think sometimes that's where we as parents fall short because we do need to be – and I'm guilty of it too. I mean I've probably checked my phone four times since we've been doing this podcast and I shouldn't need to. I, I think I'm addicted to my phone. I, I think is the wrong word. I think I'm we addicted all, I think to my we phone. All, I think we all are. I don't think there's a single person out there that isn't. There's a new show on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. Dilemma. Watch that show. That'll freak you out. Yeah. There's been a lot of people who watch that and then right after they disengage all social media. Kate deleted the Instagram app. I, maybe that's a little extreme, but I think it's a good good way to let you know really what's going yeah. on because so many times we blindly just accept stuff that's on this little device or we're just handcuffed to it. Yeah. And we're missing out the world for what it really is, a beautiful, wonderful place. They compare scrolling through social media to pokey machines at uh, – We call them slot machines. Slot machines at uh, – Casino. Casinos. That's kind of crazy. Well, I know that, you know, and right now, uh, mental health is such a hot topic uh, in the country right now. And a lot of people live and die by how many likes or how many shares or how many things uh, get noticed on their social media. And how honest are we being with our social media when we're just putting our best photo out every day? When the real world looks like, hey, your hair's all jacked. Most of the time, we all look around walk around looking like you yeah you know like a hot mess yeah but, but whenever time we go to facebook or instagram likes it. no i yeah if you listen to the first segment yeah she thinks you got style yeah but i'm dating her she's not the only one though <laughs> <laughs> nobody's asked me to father a child <laughs> uh, yeah. um you said you found a story oh i did but, but quickly okay i was going to bring up i i, I saw a survey that's Ooh. where I was going uh, before you, you had me go sidetrack. But I saw a survey, and this blew my mind. Yeah. And maybe it'll blow yours, but maybe it won't. I don't know. We'll wait and see. Uh, it asked people where they got their source of news from. And like it was like 20 years ago, every single person got their source of news from either the newspaper or the newscast. You yeah. Know, the, the nightly newscast, yeah. Newscast on whatever channel you watch. And the vast majority of people in this survey said they got their news from Facebook. I could see that. And, and I was like, Whoa, really? We live in strange times, to reiterate once again. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you can now get your That's news. That's dangerous. Yeah. Very dangerous. It, it's scary. Do you think people are, do you think people are, are smart? I, yeah. I don't know if people are smart. What? What do you mean? I think this pandemic's exposed a lot of people. So you think there's a lot of stupid people out there? Uh-huh. Like I think I think there are more I think there are more stupid people out there than what I realized pre-pandemic. Okay, now I think there's a difference. We need to make a distinction between stupid people because there are a lot of stupid people in the world. And that's undeniable. But I think majority of them are uneducated. Okay. So stupid's probably the wrong word because I that's probably offensive. Uneducated people. Yeah. I think there are more uneducated people out there than I really ever... Re- and here's the other thing. I am uneducated on topics as well. Oh, I, and see, that's what I was just going to say. I am uneducated on a lot of things. And I think the stupidness comes when you portray that you're not. I'll admit it freely yeah. to everybody that I'm not the smartest cat in the room, and I probably shouldn't be talking on 
politics yep. and, and, and stuff like that because I just don't understand both sides. And so it wouldn't be fair for me to spout off what I don't know. And and those who do, I think those are stupid. Yes, I agree. Um Changing subjects. I hope we're going to get people to like this podcast. We're, we're flirting with the dangerous line, aren't we? Yeah. This one. Yeah. We're, we're like, hey, little, you dumb? We're showing a little skin. Yeah, we are. I yeah. kind of like that, though. Do you? Well, we'll wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> so people say, we might not be back next week. <laughs> or one of us won't. Who, <laughs> uh, you or me? I'm, I'm not even getting paid, so I don't think it matters to me. <laughs> Josh and I would do everything we can to keep this thing afloat. Um, I was thinking the other day, and I, I, I'm wondering if this is a problem all dads have or if it was just my dad. Okay. When you go out to eat with your kids and your family, mm-hmm. do you over-order extremely? No. You, do you under-order? No. I, well, you, you can't tell me you hit it on the nose every single time. Well, explain to me what was happening. So does your dad order for everybody? Okay, so I guess that's a good point. Um, We would, as a family, we would rarely go to a restaurant, and it really didn't matter what the restaurant was. We would share our plates. Mm. And I guess that might be be unique, huh? Now that I think about it. Here in the States, we have meals that are family shared or individual like sometimes you go to an italian restaurant there's a place in salt lake called buca de beppo Mm. and that's family style and so they just bring out four big dishes on a lazy susan and put it in the middle and just spin it and you kind of just take what you want or you go in there and you can go okay i'll order my plate you order your plate and there's a kid's menu, and so mm. everybody gets to order what they want. Like, very, very rarely did we ever order our own plates. I remember as a kid, my dad and mom would let us order what we want. But the rule was, whatever you order, you eat. Because they're like, oh, your eyes are bigger than your stomach, aren't they, son? And Because we'd always want the biggest and the best. And so it was one of those so where we had to learn. It was like, hey, look, if you're going to order it, I'm okay. I'm going to pay for it, but you're going to eat it. We're not going to waste that's that's kind of how it was. We would go every when we when I was living in Tokyo, Japan, every birthday. And I'm the oldest of five children. Okay, so there there were quite a few birthdays. We would go to the Hard Rock Cafe, mm. an American staple, right? That's an American staple. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, and we would we would get out because you know they for your birthday they'd sing the Happy Birthday song. Uh-huh. Happy birthday to ya. I think didn't they like the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. Is that the one? It sounded a lot better when they did it. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Uh, I've, I haven't taken one singing lesson in my life. Doesn't show. Yeah. Um, but the Sunday, you know, the Sunday Whoa. would come out. With the, like a sparkler in it. Sparkler in it. They got like the chocolate caramel syrup drizzled oh. all over it. That's the only reason we went. But we'd get the kids meal when we would go, and my dad would give us. A couple bucks if we finish the whole thing. And always the hardest part of that meal was the applesauce. <laughs> I was like, I hate applesauce, Dad. He's like, you want money? I'm like, yeah, eat it. I'm like, okay. Just like you know, choke it down. It's horrible. When you guys got that dessert, did everybody get dessert or just the birthday boy? No, everybody got dessert. Oh, okay. But the, the Sunday would obviously come in front of the birthday yeah. boy or, or girl, if it was my sister. And that was insane. And the whole, the whole restaurant would sing to you. It's like you're, you're, you're on your throne. You yeah, know? you're a rock star. They're celebrating your special well, day. Hard Rock Cafe, man. You got guitars all over. See, in my house, it was your birthday. You had a red plate that said, you are special. 
and you ate on that plate for every meal for that day. Really? Yeah, and it, it hung up on the wall and only got brought down for like graduations, birthdays, divorce, court cases, whatever it was. It was your special day. It was your, it was your special plate. So I heard a funny story uh, actually in this building on KSL News Radio in the afternoon. Uh huh. Um, the host of, of that show. Lee Lonsberry? No. Jeff Kaplan? Jeff Kaplan. He was telling a story uh, about what would happen to him on his birthday growing up. Uh, he was told that only adults are allowed to eat a full-sized pickle. What? Yeah. And he later realized that his dad made that rule, and he said his dad made it as if it's a law, you know? Mm. Uh Anyway, I'll get to anyway. I just had another thought, but uh, when you turn seven, you can have a, a pickle, a full size pickle for the first time. So at seven in Jeff Kaplan's house, you're considered an adult. Well, that was kind of like the gateway, you know, to to becoming an adult was eating a full size pickle on his seventh birthday. He didn't get a cake. You got a pickle. He got a pickle with a candle in it, and he was so excited. He didn't care for the cake. All he cared for was the pickle. The reason his dad made that law was so that the kids wouldn't need all the pickles. His dad liked the pickles. I think I want to party with <laughs> Jeff's dad. He sounds like a good Genius, guy. Genius, right? Let me ask you this because um, I think a lot of dads and moms and parents around the country, around the world, probably have something similar like this. Or I want to know how they tackle the issue. When we were kids and we would go to the restaurant with our parents, if one of us was acting up or – being naughty, within two seconds of us being naughty, my dad said, this is the last time or we're going to leave. If somebody acted up after that first warning, you're out. he'd go, can we get this to go? And they would come and they'd load it up and we'd leave. Because we did, he goes, and, I, and now I'm, I know why he did it, but when we, I asked him, I said, why did you do that as a kid? It seemed kind of harsh. And he goes, because you guys were ruining everyone else's experience. You don't know if it was someone who was dealing with the death of the family, a birthday, but you guys were so loud and obnoxious that you are ruining it for everybody. So I kind of do that now. My kids are older now and they act better, but when we were little, if we'd go in there and fussy baby or something, you know, there's some families who will sit there with a crying baby, and I get it. I, I, I'm a dad of three. I've had three crying babies. But you need to get up from the table, excuse yourself, go to a room Go to the car or do something because everybody else is there for different reasons. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that a lot. I don't know if I would be as fast as your dad was. He was pretty quick. Quick, it sounds like. Yeah, because he, he just like, uh-uh. So I think out. what I'll probably do is if somebody's acting up, take them outside mm-hmm. and say, hey, what's the deal? Or take, take two of them or however many involved outside and say, what's going on? Can we sort this out here? Because if we can't, if we go back in, it happens again or it continues to happen, well, we have to leave. And, and you know, to be to be fair, uh, to be fair, uh, my dad, uh, you know, that only happened a handful of times. Yeah, I can't. And remember. then we and then we got we got the lesson. It was like, hey, if we want to go out and enjoy food and and go out and have this experience, we better act right. Mm. Because imagine me times three, because I've got two brothers. I've got an older and a younger. It's dangerous. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it, it's a recipe for disaster. So. When I brought up the pickle story with Jeff Kaplan, mm-hmm. I and his dad was talking about how it was the law that you couldn't have a full-size pickle until you were seven. I, it, it had me thinking uh, some of the quote-unquote laws that were in my household. Mm-hmm. And in fact, as, as the oldest of five, I came up with a certain law myself. What was it? That my mum and dad didn't fight me on. And I was 
now that I think about it, I'm pretty impressed with myself and mum and dad for not fighting me on it. What's the law? So sitting in the front seat of a car is a pretty big deal for a kid. Yeah, they fight over it. Have you ever heard of the game Shotgun? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's probably why the game was introduced, I imagine. Oh, man, I was the king of Shotgun. Yeah. You wait, so you, but then there was rules. You had to be out. Be like, Everybody's got to be outside. Shotgun! Shotgun! You I have mean, to see it before you yeah, can call shotgun. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of fist fights. I don't mean to digress and, and take away from your story. So what was your rule? So uh, you had to be a certain age to sit in the front seat. In the States, we call that a law. It's a real law. What yeah. are you talking about? You got to be a certain To sit weight. in the passenger seat in yeah. the front? Yeah. You got to oh. be a certain age at a certain weight. What? This yeah. is news to me. Really? No, it's it's a law. What is it? I, I, I don't know exactly what the law is. Oh, but... I, well, I didn't think that, that that law was a real thing. Until now. So I would bully my siblings and say, no, you guys aren't allowed to sit in the front seat because you're not of, of age. And I would get the front seat every single time. For how long? Well, however long the car ride was. According to Utah law, children must ride in booster seats until age eight. It's even safer to keep them in the boosters until they are four feet, nine inches tall, no matter of their age. After age eight, children should always wear a seatbelt. Children 12 years of age and younger should continue to ride in the back seat. I think it was around that age. It was like, you can't be 10. You have to be 10 if you want to sit in the front seat. Mom and dad never fought me on it because, you know, you got to pick and choose your fights when you have five, five kids and one of them's kind of yeah. making the rules. And But I wonder if that's a law in Australia, too. I, I can ask. Yeah. Right. And, and then, you know, one of the more traumatic experiences of my childhood came in the front seat of the Knight Rider, which is what we called the van. Oh. It was a black van, tinted black van, black Did it talk wheels. to you? No, unfortunately. But I was in the front seat and I had the Offspring CD. Oh, yeah. Great, great punk music. Wasn't it? Yeah. And... Um, I, I remember Gotta my keep them separated. Yeah, great, great, great band. But I remember sitting in the front seat. My mom, uh, I was like, "Hey, can we play the Offspring?" She's like, "Yeah, sure." So she, so I hand her the CD and she puts it in. But there was a gap above the stereo where you were meant to put the CD in, and because uh-huh. she was driving and trying to put the CD in at the same time, she put the CD in the gap above the stereo. And so normally, when you put a CD into the console. It would kind of you'd put it in halfway, and then the console would kind of suck it in. Mm-hmm. And so she put it in halfway, and nothing was happening. She's like, "Oh, that's weird." So she's pushing the CD in further until the CD was in the little gap. And I was so traumatized by that that I was like, "What? I have to sit in the front seat every single time now, so that Mum doesn't put the bloody CD in the gap. The gap is you know, the CD is not meant to go in." So now you're the front seat rider and the official DJ of yep. the night rider. Yep, that's how we rolled. I like it. But my dad, going back full circle, my dad overordered every single time we went out. Uh-huh. Like, he was bad at ordering food. Did you guys take food home? Yep. Yeah. And it wasn't a bad, th- it, it wasn't like a bad thing because we always had leftovers. But he would order like twice as much as what we all needed. Like, he would load the thing up, the table up. That sounds like a rock star dad. I, I don't know if, yeah, it was cool, yeah. but it was funny because he's like, wow, we got a lot of food left. And I'm like, yeah, you ordered the menu. <laughs> Holy cow. Hey, I know today's uh, program was uh, a little heavy in parts, but we had some fun. We did. We talked. Yeah. And I think that's what we need to do as dads yes. is talk a little bit more 
listen a little bit more, have a little bit more love, a little more compassion, and of course, a little more empathy. And as you would always say, love you mean it. Yes. You've been listening to Dadtastic, a KSL podcast. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.